Hello, mummers. Welcome back to episode two in this hashtag mum life series with the awesome Jen Butler. We are chatting today about baby sleep. So stay tuned. This one applies to everyone. <laughs> Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for Hello, mummers. Welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. We are kicking off episode two in our six-part hashtag mum life series with the awesome Jen Butler. Remember, you can find her on Instagram at Jen Butler Early Parenting. She's a legend. That is why I wanted to chat with her because really it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like hard work to talk to Jen. It honestly feels like I'm chatting to a bestie, which side note, we have never actually met in real life. So <laughs> we're going to have to get onto that, Jen. But uh, it feels like chatting to a bestie and it just feels like a really easy conversation that makes you feel better because it's so honest and I think we've all been there we've been there before and I think baby sleep is one I really wanted to talk to Jen about not only because it's her professional expertise but because it is something that will pop into your mind at some stage whether you're pregnant now or whether you've had a baby baby sleep is a conversation you will have at some stage so I know even though I'm third time round now and I'm much more confident with baby sleep, it's still something that pops into my psyche so often. And you do have those questions, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And today I just feel like Jen and I really bust through what is right and wrong. And we really get to the crux of there is no bad thing with sleep. It's only a problem if it's a problem. That's something that I always come back to. It is only a problem if it's a problem. And if it's a problem, it can always change. So everything, as Jen would say, is figure outable. There is nothing that you can't come back from. So I really hope you love this chat uh, with Jen today. She um, really shares some great insights about baby sleep. And for those of you who want to learn more from Jen, we actually have this incredible one-hour masterclass with Jen inside the Pregnancy Posse. And she covers in this masterclass so many things, but it's all about the fourth trimester, newborn sleep tips, baby swaddling, so much. It goes for one hour. It's free to all Pregnancy Posse members. So if you're a member, go and check that out. It's inside the resources library. It's a wealth of knowledge. Um, Jen is just a legend. We also do have for Pregnancy Posse members as well. If you haven't already seen it, we have a free bonus module that Jen did a while back when she did our newborn life series on the podcast. And this bonus module is a video where she demonstrates her famous swaddling technique which if you followed her is her baby salami technique <laughs> and we also discuss the ideal sleep environment for babies so we talk about how to set up the room to encourage sleep as best as possible so that is in the podcast section in the bonus modules for the newborn life series that you can go and check out. So if you're not a member, please come over. Thepregnancyposse.com is where you can find out more information. That is my, how many babies do I have? Three. That is my fourth baby. <laughs> I've put so much love into the posse. I truly think it is this beautiful wealth of knowledge for pregnant women. I always talk about it, but so that you can avoid the Google rabbit hole. I hate when women get overwhelmed by Google googling and then they don't know what's up and what's down and what's right and what's wrong and I just hope that the posse and I know that the posse is this really beautiful safe landing space for women to ask questions feel comfortable to ask questions all sorts of questions there is no question that is 
off topic, too intimate, we can ask them all inside the posse. We also have a beautiful workouts every week. We do two workouts, 10 to 15 minutes long. It's super achievable for everyone. And you have direct access to me. I answer all of your questions in there. I love jumping on and answering your questions. And so if you do feel like that is something you're interested in, if that's something that you're feeling called to do in your pregnancy, wanting a little bit more guidance and community, go and check it out, thepregnancypositive.com. You can trial it for seven days. Now, in this episode, let's jump in. I just know you're going to get so much out of it. We are going to talk about exactly how Georgie and Luca are sleeping at the moment. And it's really good because Georgie, angel baby, sleeping amazing. That's Jen's baby for all of you. Luca, Eh, not so great. Like right now, she's about to wake up any moment now because she does a classic cat nap. So we talk and really normalize different sleep patterns. We talk about how you really need to tune into your unique baby's signs about being tired. Because for example, Luca doesn't really follow her traditional you know, for this baby's age, awake windows. So it's really important to then lean into your baby. So we just try and help normalize, you know, sleep crutches and creating a rod for our own back and we talk about how you know Jen and I both do all the quote unquote wrong things with sleep and it's okay and we talk about our experience first time around versus now and how we've really changed our ethos around sleep and you know it's taken the pressure off and I tell you what we're feeling so much better about it so right now Luca is in you know probably a 45 minute cat nap And I'm still able to work and I'm still able to feel really good about when she wakes up 45 minutes on the dot because I've taken the expectations away. So I really working the low expectations in motherhood. But I tell you what, that might sound depressing for some, but it is so magical. I think personally, it is so enlightening. It really takes that monkey off my back about the pressure and the heaviness of a cat nap. And I go, oh yes, what can I get done in 45 minutes? So I could talk about this all day, but let's jump into the episode. It's going to be amazing. This episode two of six in our hashtag mum life series and all these episodes are already up inside the posse. If you're a member, you can go binge listen to them all, but have a wonderful day, mamas. Enjoy this episode and I'll speak to you soon. Okay, Jen, let's talk about sleep. You are obviously the Mm. sleep expert and I think sleep is such a hot topic in motherhood I think you can't avoid the sleep chat or like questioning whether your sleep is normal abnormal do you need help do you not need help so let's just hear about you personally before we head into your professional expertise but what does sleep look like for you and Georgie right now so talk me through how is she sleeping and this is not at all because I'm going to then give you my version and I think it's just because I believe ours are probably quite contrast (laughs) but this is not to set expectations that this is where your child should be this is just to show you this is how sleep could look for exactly. so many women. So tell us, how is sleep going? Yeah, well, look, Georgie has actually, like her temperament has lent herself to being a pretty chill baby, which has lent itself to probably a little bit easier in the sleep department. But to make that very clear, I think this is where sometimes it can get a little bit confusing where it's like, well, you know, what does that look like? So she we we were lucky to have really skipped that intense period of catnapping stage like the really intense period she undoubtedly did it I would say the first eight weeks it was complete contact napping as you said most sleeps were done on me I think around the six to eight week mark is when I sort of started to get a bit restless so you know like I really intentionally tried to take it slow at the start but I'm I'm my own worst enemy I just sort of start to get you know, itchy, what's the saying? Wet, no, itchy. Itchy feet? What? Itchy feet? 
That's what I was like, Am I, is that the right thing? I just started to get a bit restless. And so that's when I sort of started to do things. And I think from that point is when I started to work on, all right, let's at least start to get you into the bassinet so that I can get a few more pockets of time to do some work. Um, and she was absolutely in that time only doing like 45 minute naps, but I would make the most out of that time and do what I could do. And then progressively that sort of started to lengthen. But when I say that she's going down to the bassinet, I, we have to settle her, you know, and I think that's so important. Like she is not self-settling, nor will I expect her to be able to, you know, and when I talk about self-settling, it's that, you know, maybe it's a quick cuddle into the bassinet, walk away and bub puts themselves to sleep. She's not doing that. And I don't expect her to do that until she's older because she's just little, you know? Um, so that's where like at, at this point, I would say that sleep for us is that she is able to mostly do a couple of longer sleeps in her bassinet. And then we always finish the end of the day with a contact, like um, pop her in the baby carrier. I don't even attempt the bassinet um, and we'll do that. So it's sort of, she's on two longer naps and then a shorter nap at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then overnight she's doing it, it varies. So it's usually one night feed, but it will also sometimes be two. But she often, I find if she has that second one, she, I notice the next day, she's really not hungry. Mm. And so like, it doesn't bother me though, because it's an, like at the middle of the night, I'm just like, you know what feed will, it doesn't matter if you don't want that feed in the morning, she'll just have it closer to her nap, you know? Mm. So but I'd say mostly like in the size of the girl, she can absolutely handle just the one night feed. Um, but that also, I want to clarify too, that that also doesn't mean that she's not waking in between that. But I just like, she'll, we'll always give her a bit of space and sometimes she'll just put herself back to sleep. Or lately we get like, she's finally taken a dummy, which I was just like, oh yes. Because it just means that I don't have to whip out the boob every time, basically. And so in between, she'll have a little dummy and then she'll resettle fine because she's not actually woken hungry. She's just woken. She does need a bit of a hand to go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. So we're using that dummy as a resettling tool. And same with during the day naps. If she wakes after a sleep cycle, if we pop that dummy in, she'll actually resettle with the dummies. So that's been, that's where we're at. And that's sort of, you know, it's been progressively over the last four and a half months. Things have changed a lot, but that's where we're currently at right now. That's awesome. And I'm curious to know, how does that compare to Max? Oh, hugely. Max like is Jen's first baby. Yeah, Max is my eldest and even Ted. Both of the boys, they fed every three hours for the first four, five months of their life, I reckon. Maybe, maybe it started to lengthen. Whereas Georgie from a really early age was actually like, you know, she wouldn't go to bed till 10-ish, you know, like a later bedtime as a newborn. And then she'd Mm. feed at like, you know, somewhere around two and three. And then she'd sleep through like till the morning, not all the time, but just these massive chunks that the boys never did. And everyone said to me, they're like, oh, it's a girl thing. It's a girl thing. I was like, I don't think it's a gender thing. I think that it was just temperament chunky baby she's in a good paddock like it's all you know it's like all the stars align and do you think it's temperament but also maybe combined with confidence from you 100 percent yeah not questioning she's i'm calm she's vibing off my vibe 
she's a chill baby, but that could be because I'm actually calm. I don't know. Like, you know, I never really know. Um, And, you know, then it's other, like, because, you know, we always talk about sleep and this is what I'm really passionate about is sleep's always looked at as sleep, sleep, oh, sleep, what they do with sleep. And I'm like, I want to know how's feeding going? Mm -hmm. Because like the reason why Georgie sleeps so well is because she has these big, full, nice feeds, like, you know, and we really concentrate on that and and good attachment. And I think that that has been such a cornerstone that mm. she's getting these nice big feeds, mm-hmm. drinking really well. And so then that's allowing her that mm-hmm. space. And like compared to Max, where he was a windy, tongue-tied baby, not having good feeds, of course he wasn't sleeping for long blocks, mm. you know, and Ted was much better, but I still don't recall him doing things like Georgie. Mm. Um, so do you feel refreshed yourself? Like, do you feel like you're getting enough sleep for you? Definitely. I definitely like feel, yeah. And I think that's why too, I sort of started to get a bit restless where I was like, oh, I could actually do a bit of work because I thought, you know what? I actually feel uh, good. I feel pretty good. So yeah, I think that that's, that's helped. Did you nap when the baby naps? Yeah, I love a good day nap. Oh, I love even now, like I'm getting decent sleep. And on Sunday I went down for a two hour nap, but it was heaven. I know. Yeah. I, I uh, looking at the bed right now that I like to come in and have a nap. I love a good day nap. And I am a big, big believer. You know how there's lots of memes going around and it will be like, oh yeah, sleep when the baby sleeps. So will I fold washing when the baby folds washing? I've seen and that. Yeah. I always think to myself, I, like I, I'm a bit, um, yeah, like I sort of think, no, you know what? Like you actually don't need, like that, this is where what we were talking about before. Get someone else to fold the washing and go sleep. Like Can have it's both. actually really, like who cares about the housework? Mm. What's more important? Making sure you're out. Like we, I still, again, going back to disorganized mum, we are often picking clothes straight out of the basket. They won't fold it and put it away. Mm. And I do not iron. No, We way, do Jose. not iron anymore either. I refuse <laughs> to iron kids' clothes because- oh they are going to get filthy and crinkled ASAP. So we exactly. stopped finding kids' clothes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, And some weeks are better than others. I think that's the thing with me is like when I look at the house, yeah, it's it's the thing that sort of gets, you know, put down a notch. Yes. Um, but I'm okay with it because like the important stuff happens. We're fed, we're, you know, we're comfortable, we're warm. We do have clean clothes. I might just not have folded them and got them away, okay? <laughs> it doesn't matter. so yes that's a little side note off you know when I do see that meme I sort of think to myself no do go prioritize that rest mama because that's more important for your well-being than making sure the clothes are folded and put away you know and so do you have like I'm just thinking in um, particularly those early newborn days when sleep is less what were like your top tips to make sure you felt rested so you obviously napped when Georgie absolutely And I know that um, in the first six weeks, because it's really basically just feeding and straight back to sleep, I had this beautiful, like we've got this lovely little modular couch and I would sit myself in the corner, I'd get my water and I would feed and I watched so much Netflix and I literally had zero expectations of myself, zero. Like we, and what you were saying before, I didn't cook a meal for the first three months of Georgie's life and it was heaven heaven so we always had a meal 
And so I literally, like, obviously, like, Ted, Max, my eldest is at school, although in coronavirus, like, that was up and down like a yo-yo. So sometimes he'd be homeschooled sometimes. Anyway, Ted was, Ted does daycare twice a week in a day with his um, nanny or my parents. So three days away that he's away. So those three days were just like, I did not leave the couch. It was, you know, I had no expectations and that's how I rested. That's. And so sometimes that looked like me, like holding Georgie and, you know, I wasn't fully asleep, but I was rested back and I'd doze off. Other times I'd say to my husband, I'm lucky that he's got his own business. So I'd say, look, I really need to catch up on some sleep. So he'd come and hold Georgie or, you know, whatever we needed. And I'd go off and have a decent nap. Weekends were always a catch up. Um, I prioritize rest because I think I knew, I know, I know what I'm like when I'm tired. I'm not very pleasant to be around. My mood drops dramatically Mm. and it's not worth it for anyone. It does not make the recipe for a happy, you know, postnatal period or just a happy person full stop. So, I mean, that's why prioritizing my rest. And I think that's probably why I work in the industry I do, because I know the power that when you're like your baby can sleep, they do want to sleep. Mm -hmm. It's not always an easy path to get there, but they do want it. And then when they get it, you get it and everyone's happier. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in those early days though, it's like, who cares about the washing? Get some rest. (laughs) 100% agree with everything you just said. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I I feel like in the newborn days, again, this is how it was different third baby to my first is I did the same. I had a nap or just a lie down every single afternoon mm. that made the world of difference to my mental health and my physical recovery as well. Like just having that horizontal rest, which I preach about a lot. Um, and I would send my husband out with the older two so that I didn't have to do anything but lay down. I'd listen to a podcast or read a book or meditate, breathe or sleep, whatever I felt like doing. It didn't have to look like forcing yourself to sleep. But I really do think that made the world of difference. And I did that for the first two weeks, every single day. And then another thing I found really helpful is that I went to bed for probably the first month or two. Yeah, probably first month or two. I went to bed when Luca went to sleep. So I would be in bed for that full 12 hours overnight. I wasn't sleeping that whole time, Mm. but I was horizontal and resting that whole time. And I reckon that made the world a difference. So even when she was waking every three hours for a feed, I I would just, um, I'd boob back to sleep. I joke that Mm. I parent by boob. So it's like when she's (laughs) taking the boob, I'm like, I don't know what to do now. I got nothing. I got nothing. I've used all my tools. But it meant that I got to just rest for 12 hours. So um, I think that really, really helped. And just to contrast, so where you're at right now, I think a lot of people may look at that and be like, damn, Georgie is a good sleeper. Like, how do you get those big naps? Blah, 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 blah. On the flip side, or not the flip side, Luke is not a terrible sleeper, but just to give like another well-rounded story Mm. to this, because I think sometimes you can just be attracted to finding you're always going to find amazing sleepers if you look for them and it can make you feel really crappy about yourself and like you're doing something wrong. Uh, I'm not saying that's what you do, Jen, because you're actually the total opposite, but (laughs) Luca is a chronic cat napper. All my kids have been, she's 45 minutes on the dot. Um, And then I will can boob her back to sleep and she might do like a second cycle. Um, And she pretty much does all her sleeps going off in the carrier or by breastfeeding 
Uh, she doesn't self-settle purely. You know what it is? I was thinking about it the other day, purely because I haven't tried it. And yeah. I, I remind myself, I was like, oh, maybe I should give that a go. And I think we are going to try it soon just to see what happens. I don't care if it goes that way or not, but I forgot almost that like, mm. oh, she might be capable of that now, which is interesting because for the first eight weeks of Luca's life, she was self-settling, weirdly enough. I would put her down just to like see what happens. And she was taking herself off to sleep. Mm. And she was she slept through the night a couple of times in those first eight weeks. And I was like, you bloody ripper. I have got a unicorn child, finally. <laughs> and then it all sort of went downhill, but that's fine. That's what I expected. But I was like, oh my God, I may have got one of those children that just like sleeps super easily. So yeah, she was like waking most once a night for those first few few months. And I was like, I'm onto a real winner here. Mm. Now, four and a half months in, we are kind of like two or three wake-ups a night. I kind of don't check the time anymore. I She just sleeps with me. I just boob to sleep and it really works for us right now. Um, I don't feel like I'm creating a rod for my own back because I've been here before and I know that when I decide I've had enough or I see that it's not working for her either. I know I can flip things around. I'll probably call my mate, Jen Butler, and be like, hey, <laughs> book me in for a consult. We need to do a little bit of a reshape on the sleeping routine right now. But I just have so much confidence that whenever I've wanted to change the sleep routine with my other two kids, it took three days and then they mm. were in this amazing routine. So for the moment, I don't know if she's my last baby. So I feel like I'm kind of just soaking up the cuddles a little bit more and it feels good. But I know that when it doesn't feel good anymore or if it starts, you know, she's really tired and grumpy during the day. Yeah, she's very content right now, touch wood. But, you know, I know I can change it. And Mm -hmm. another thing I wanted to um, say, because I know that this can trip people out as well. And I know that I've asked you because I'm like, what? This doesn't seem right. Awake windows, there's obviously like, what is it for this age? Like two hours or something? Well, this is the thing, right? So, and I'm so glad you brought this up because I think this is such a powerful lesson to people is, yeah, we've got these average awake times, but at this age, you probably like four and a half months, it would be an hour and a half to an hour and 45 usually. Yeah. But I don't know what Luke is doing, but Georgie is about two hours, if yeah. not starting to creep to that two hours, 15, yep. like she, she's on a you know, if I was to talk about like the routine, which is not in a strict routine, but it's reflective of more of what you'd see in five to six month old. Yes. You know, and she'll yeah. probably be more into a six, to, like, so that's a really so important you, lesson for families. hundred percent. Do you then lean more into her tired signs rather than the exact? hundred percent. And that is, you know, I, we like, I'm a big fan of being like, all right, you know, let's, let's think about awake time. Let's know what our babies are capable of, yes. but let's also watch our babies because they are the best indicator. So if you've got this chirpy baby and you're going to try and put them down, good luck. Like they're going to fight it. You're going to get so many tears. Yeah. And yes, on the flip side, overtired babies can do the same, but that's why knowing your awake windows, but also just looking for that tide, like those tide cues and they, they do show us. So yeah. that is. You've got to marry the two together, don't you? You've got exactly. to go, this is the rough window we're looking at, but then let's adapt that to my unique baby. Exactly. So Luca has always been more wakeful than any of my other kids. They were pretty much bang on the, what the window said. 
And that's why I think I sent you a voice message one day. I was like, so um, is an eight-week-old meant to be awake for two and a half hours? Because <laughs> she seems fine. <laughs> but I've noticed, I've just lent into, and I look at her tired signs, but she's actually more like two, two and a half hours. So yeah. kind of like Georgie, if I try and put her to sleep before that, she doesn't have a bar of it. And it's actually <laughs> really hard work. And I noticed myself one day like really rocking her, shushing her, da 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 and I did that for half an hour and I was saying like, I don't know what's up with her. Like maybe she's a bit upset. Then I just put her down on the mat. She's like, thank God, woman, leave me alone. I want to play. Stop trying to get me to sleep. I'm not ready yeah. yet. And then I just had this moment of like, ah, oh, here I was being like, oh, time's up. Got to put you in the garage. Exactly. And then I just looked at her and I was like, you weren't ready. You so weren't ready. So now I just really lean into what is she looking like at the moment and really like trusting she'll she'll tell me and she'll show me when she's tired and yeah it's definitely more like two two and a half hours the other night she was awake for four hours now I don't recommend that but she did go off to sleep really quickly but I tried I was like trying to get her to sleep but she's at that age now as well where I'm sure Georgie is but she needs low stimulation whereas yeah. when they're a newborn they'll fall asleep wherever like at a concert they'll fall asleep whereas I notice now if I'm trying to get her to sleep and there's people around chatting lights are on it's really really hard and I think that yeah. was probably what happened with the four hour window but again I was like right now we're out for dinner and I was like it's really important to me to be here be present connect with my friends and so and she was happy so I was like you know mm. what four hour wake window it's not going to kill her she's going to no. be fine and everyone had a great time. And again, that's probably a big contrast. First time round, I would have been freaking out about that. Oh my God, yeah. like four hours, my child's going to combust. Like that is way yeah. too, whereas now I'm like, she seems fine, you know? And right I, now I could go home and put her to bed, but I'm having a really good time. So yeah. no, we're going to do this. So I love that. Like that, that's, I was obsessive. Like I'd be like, can't go out for dinner. I can't do this. I can't do that. And now I'm just like, like, we've got something where I'm like, oh, I hope that she's going to sleep in the pram like until midnight where yeah. we can be, you know, like I, I never would have done that. Yes. And so I wanted to talk to you about sleep again, quote unquote crutches, because I think this is, your area of expertise and I know so many women whenever I've shared a photo of Luca and I sleeping next to each other people are like oh my god how do you manage co-sleeping you ever worried that you're not going to be able to get her to independently sleep and blah, 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 blah. and I was like wow I didn't know it was such a big deal for women to mm. I've just done it because it feels good I didn't do it so much with my first two when they were young anyway when they were older I probably did it a bit more but um sleep crutches you know co-sleeping dummies swaddling like all these things I think we get worried about can mm. you just remind women it's not forever true no, 100% and I think that again this is really built up with obviously my experience but also like as in my knowledge as you know maternal and child health nurse sleep consultant etc but also just like real-time mum is that like nothing is forever it's like you can you can literally change anything at the drop of a hat like you can completely turn your story around and you have to like I am a strong believer and do what makes your life easy if it no longer is easy and feels good then do something different but be prepared that you do need to do something different yeah. and you might need to get help <laughs> and you might need to like you've got to go in with that like just like you've been doing something consistently it'll require you to do something new consistently and like, I just think that nothing like ever, and just the things that we think that are bad 
aren't necessarily like I'm feeding to sleep. That is apparently the biggest no-no. I also talk to families about like, you know, the catnap and resettle. Every baby catnaps. I don't know a single baby. It's normal. It's biologically normal for those short naps to happen. It's not a problem unless you've got a really tired, upset baby. And then maybe you can look at working harder with resettling, like learning how to resettle, but like just do a contact nap after that first sleep, boot back to sleep, feedback, like if that's what it requires to get that sleep in, like none of this matters. And in another, what's an issue right now? I like, I have my membership, the happy baby code and almost every single mum in the first six months, we're talking so much about these short naps and I get it. They are, they are frustrating. They're hard. And especially if you have got a really tired baby, it can be challenging, but then all of a sudden, six months comes or around that age and these babies start to have longer naps and that's because development is playing it's you know that it's just development it's you know so yes all of these sleep crutches all the things you worry about and look then there's always something around the corner that you're like god damn it (laughs) I forgot about this (laughs) I I told my girlfriend who's a first-time mom I was like assume in the first year of life you're always going to be in a leap a sleep regression or teething just to basically yeah. year, there's always going to be a reason why something's not working or you're like oh we just got out of that for a day and now we're in something else exactly <laughs> there's always it's like we're about to you'll probably be the same so like at the moment Georgie's still swaddled yep and um like we'll do the bassinet to cot so there's all these transitions right it's like arms out of swaddle um she'll go for, she's growing out of her bassinet so it'll be bassinet to cot what else was I thinking of recently? At six months, she'll have like Solid? the immunizations where it's like um, meningococcal B. What did you just say? Solids. I saw you. Solids. In- yeah. yeah. She's starting to have tastes of solids. There's that, like, there's a lot coming up and, you know, oh, the four month sleep progression, you know, four month sleep progression. So like, you know, Have that's where an eight month one too. There's, there's like, <laughs> I think there's from memory. It's like four months, eight months, 12 months, 18 months too. Like the, they oh, seem to be, as you said, that they're, they're, they're cause things change. Development does change. There's always something around the corner, but you can't live in fear. No, it's no. just about remembering. I think that the biggest takeaway from all of this is everything's figure outable. That's like, a, um, Oh, who, who says that? I can't remember, but I love that saying because it is so true. You can figure everything out. But I, you mentioned something before, Laura, too, that I, I think is a really important thing, opportunity. If you are never giving your baby opportunity, like you'll be surprised with what they, like, like you said, you're not at the stage where you feel like you need to change anything. But when you are, you'll just start to offer that opportunity and you just might be surprised with what you're baby can do like they're actually incredible we don't give them enough and it doesn't mean that they're all just going to be these like oh all I had to do was offer some opportunity and away we went but it's a big piece of the puzzle it's actually true because I think sometimes you know let's say there's a spectrum and hardcore cried out sleep trainings at one end and then Mm. like super attached is you know you know feeding a hundred times a night is the other end I think sometimes that Sorry, I'm not articulating my thoughts right now. What I'm saying is sometimes I give her the boop and I don't think she wants it, but I'm doing it because it feels easier for me. Whereas sometimes I think I actually need to give her a little bit of time to see if she can work it out because it seems almost frustrating that I'm just like shoving a nipple in her mouth. She's like, dude, like 
just give me a space. I'm just having a dream. I'm just making some noise. Just yeah. let me go back to sleep. And so, so I have been aware of that sometimes where I'm like, I think sometimes I think, oh, but this is primal. This is how we're meant to be. If you need the boob, but sometimes I actually think I am giving it too much because sometimes I think she's, she's cool. She's got this, but I'm not giving her the opportunity to explore that. So I think sometimes I'm probably talking to the mums who maybe feel um, on that more attached side of parenting, which again is amazing. It is primal. It's how we're designed to be, but it's okay if you try and self-settle. It's okay if you try and let your baby work it out on their own. Because I think sometimes you can feel caught in the style of parenting that you're in. And this is where I want women to go back and refer to our one of our early episodes you and I did on sleep training and mm. why it's okay to ask for support, even if you are someone who wants to breastfeed and be attached and co-sleep and do all those things because they are important to you. And granted, they're important to me too. But I think sometimes it can actually potentially hamper for your child's ability to sleep. So I think it's just about like zooming out sometimes and being like, yeah, is this working for both of us? And that's where I'd encourage people to get in touch with you because again, sleep training has that really bad, bad name. But as yeah. we're talking right now, you're like, no, 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 this is sleep support. Exactly. And it can look yeah. like super attached and co-sleeping and all those sorts of things. Um, and I don't know where that thought came from, but I just felt like I wanted to address that for those women who think, no, 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 this is how we're meant to be and this is okay. But then to just zoom out and be like, if it is it working and if it isn't working, call Jen and she'll hook you up with like some really good support because that's sometimes how I feel in the middle of the night. I'm like, I don't think she needs this boob right now. Like I just get that sense that I think I need it. You yeah. know what I mean? hundred percent. And I think that is often it's about actually taking a step back and going, who, who needs this? Is this the easiest thing for me to do? Because, you know, it's the middle of the night and there's nothing wrong with that. Correct. Like absolutely nothing wrong with it. But this is, I actually thought I'd share this story. I shared this reel. So bloody reels. I did a reel, everyone. You're so Woo. much better at them than I am. Oh, am I? Because I do not feel it. This is like a whole nother conversation. But anyway, I shared a reel and it was signs that your baby might not need the night feeds that they, like as many night feeds that they need. So that could be if your baby's only on one night feed, they could be having five hmm. and like mostly excellent feedback. But I had one mum who said worst advice ever. And I was like, no, it's not actually like the, these are signs that perhaps they don't need that many feeds in my caption. I literally say, if you are settling to sleep, I expect your baby to have short feeds. Like they're not going to have these big, massive feeds and then have a sleep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But you know, it was that real attacking of the whole, we're talking about the spectrum yes. and like talking about that spectrum, there's the cried out, there's the attachment parents and I like to consider myself somewhere in between where we don't need to wait it out, but you sure as hell aren't going to be crying it out. There is a place where you can simply find a nice gentle way of supporting them into some sleep habits that work for both of you because you both matter. It's not just about always making sure our baby's happy. Your happiness matters. So if feeding to sleep makes you happy, amazing. But if it's not, then it's time to do something different. 100%. Yeah, and that's why I think it's like, getting rid of that story but that's how we're meant to be because if it's not working anymore well yeah. that's not how it's meant to be for you and this dynamic right now so I just think it's like I'd just like to give permission to those women who are still like no 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 I've just got to give this to my baby at the expense of me it's like no 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 there's ways to 
support you and your baby to get better sleep. I just think that's really, really important. Oh, sleep is such a hot topic, isn't it? I know. I feel like on and on. I've we've had this discussion before, but as a professional, whenever you mention breastfeeding or birth, Mm. it's a spicy topic. (laughs) Breastfeeding, birth, sleep, like it's incredibly controversial and and you either, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to articulate, like, because I think to myself, I've never sleep trained my kids. I've never gone, all right, now we're going to go. I actually tried it with Max and I Mm. could not do it. Mm. Instead, it was just about this really organic, gradual, like, progression from going, all right, you need a lot of help going to sleep right now using, say, the boob, the dummy, rocking in arms, rocking in cot, Mm. to, as they got older, just being like, all right, give you some space and off look what you can do, little baby, like, and that opportunity, give them the opportunity. And it's actually incredible with what they can do, but you've got to have the confidence. That's what is lacking is if you don't have that confidence to do that, that's where you you won't be able to, or you won't be quote unquote successful, you know, because you're just like, oh, is this right? So anyway, right now, well, you know, we're fortunate enough and we're going to talk about a business later but we're fortunate enough right now you and I are baby free mm. I don't know about you Luca's napping in the carrier with JA how's Georgie going to sleep yeah Georgie's well I assume she's still asleep but yeah and like Ryan's here thankfully Ryan's a small business owner too so he's got that flexibility of you know like being with Ryan while I get to work <laughs> will, she, will she be in a her bassinet she's Please. in a bassinet yeah. yes yeah, yeah. yeah awesome yeah and we will talk about later, I think, the business juggle because that will probably mm. blend in with how we're getting our husbands to help with the parenting mm. as well. But hey, mamas, I really hope that you love that episode. And if you're pregnant right now, that you just feel more aware of the spectrum of normal when it comes to baby sleep. And if you are postpartum and listening to it, that you feel so much more comfortable with again, the spectrum of normal for sleep and that you're not doing the wrong thing and that your baby is not broken if they are doing quote unquote, you know, bad sleeping habits or whatever it is that might be troubling you. So I just hope that that helped normalize maybe your experience or helped prepare you for what could be your experience coming up. Um, again, I I feel like I've only learned so many of these things third time round, and I'm just so comfortable with sleep now. And if you feel like you need more support with your sleep, Jen is a legend. As you can tell from these podcasts, she's so relatable and warm and friendly and non-judgmental. And it's not about sleep training, it's about sleep support. So if you feel like you need sleep support, go and check her out at Jen Butler Early Parenting on the gram. And if you want any extra resources from her, she has given so much extra value to my Pregnancy Posse members. Like I mentioned in the intro, she's done this amazing one-hour masterclass where you learn all about the fourth trimester, how to support baby sleep, swaddling, so many things. It's one hour of magic. So go check that out inside the resources library if you're a Pregnancy Posse member. She has also given all members that bonus module on <laughs> salami. I can't, can't get salami out of my head, but <laughs> the baby swaddling technique that she is famous for. She demonstrates that on video for us and she also discusses ideal sleep environments. So if you want to soak up her brilliance, you can find that inside the Posse, thepregnancyposse.com if you want to learn more, if you want to come hang out with me in there. I love supporting my members through pregnancy 
pregnancy, through all their aches and pains. I love helping them prepare for birth and just feel empowered to feel confident. It is just, it's so beautiful. It's a wonderful community. So you can trial the program for seven days. Come have a chat with me over in there. If you have any questions about the posse, please come ask me at Physio Laura on my socials and let me know what you got out of this episode. I love knowing that you guys are listening to the podcast and that you're taking some messages home with you that may change the way you do things or maybe you just felt more supported or normalized from our conversation. Sometimes when you're recording a podcast, you forget that people are listening to it, but I just love knowing where you're listening to it and what you're doing at the time. I love when people screenshot you know, I'm out for a walk right now and this is what I'm doing. So I really love hearing from you. And right now what I'm doing is I just bought a disco ball. It is awesome. Highly recommend anyone of you listening to this. If you want some magic in your home, that's what my kids call it. Go buy a disco ball. I'm watching it right now. The sun is shining on it. My whole lounge room just looks like magic. There's shininess everywhere it's amazing it's giving me all the high vibes today so hot tip for today go buy a disco ball (laughs) maybe that will help with your newborn baby sleep as well (laughs) now episode three will be coming out soon so make sure you subscribe to the pregnancy with physio laura podcast if you haven't already so that you get notified when these episodes are dropped but the next episode is all about postpartum mental health such an important episode I really want you guys to tune into that so go subscribe now click the button if you haven't already and we will be in your ears soon enough talking about how we've navigated through postpartum mental health and what we've done to make sure that we stay on top of our mental health um, really 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 well so that's gonna be great episode three of six in this hashtag mum life series now Go outside, get some fresh air, take some deep breaths, ladies. Go and fill your cup up because postpartum mental health is where it's at and that's what we're going to be talking about next. Have a wonderful day, guys, and I'll catch you soon for episode three. Bye.